Ooh, yeah! Killer Pop from Outer Space presents War Games. What is up, party people? Back at it again. Killer Pop Matter Space. And it is uh, getting towards the end of spooky season. Makes me sad. Makes me sad. It's the very end. But, but it also I... means it's a special co-host's birthday. Oh, don't be talking about my birthday. By the way, I am your host, Jeff. With me, as always, is my special boy, Vinny. <laughs> good evening, everybody. Can we all wish our good brother, Jeff, a happy birthday? Boo. Yay! Other oh. oh, producer, have anything to say? Studio audience. Happy birthday, Jeff! Thanks. Um, I am getting older by the minute, but it's okay. I uh, my body's been broken down for years. We got to go big for that big four zero coming up. And oh, don't talk about that. <laughs> I got plenty of time. Plenty of time. Um, yeah, special birthday episode, special end of Halloween season episode. We got two producers slash studio audience, one in person. One on the phone lines. In-person producer, hello. Hi. Brother And Pete. then, we have a champion amongst us. Oh, that's right. Champion. A champion amongst us. Pete, <laughs> are you are you looking at the uh, the trophy as we record? It's uh, right in the other room. Right. Gotta put a picture of that puppy up for the world to see. Yeah, that's true. It's, I'm, uh, we should have done it. Uh, I mean, we did put, it was, I was holding it up in the one. Yeah, uh, he keep, yeah. keeping it to himself. It's a beautiful, <laughs> yeah. beautiful trophy. Uh, yes, you hear that right. There was a trophy, and it was beautiful. If you haven't listened to the game show episode, make sure you set aside two and a half hours. Oh, boy. And give it a listen. Um, thanks for coming on such short notice, Pete. I, uh, yeah, of course. I was thinking about it, and I was like, damn, I gotta get Pete on, on the birthday episode. It's like a party, like a birthday party. Mm. And you guys actually showed up, which is even cooler. Hell yeah. All right, let's see. Let's start with these beers. Yeah, I'm ready for this because I'm excited. It is good. So, for the celebration, we have a, uh, we're back with a favorite. It is a Beer Zombie and Mason Aleworks collaboration, Mason's Revengeance. Now, this is the original version of this. There's quite a few um, variations of this with different double dry hop variations, but this is the OG. And man, do we love some beer zombies! Hell yes, Pete. Have you been able to dive into any of their stuff? No, I, I haven't uh, seen any uh, around in my. It's hard to come by. Yeah, but quite good. Oh, that's delicious. So, uh, what do you? I thought I'd them? I'd break open a. Uh, I'm not there with you guys, but semi hard to find. But for the occasion, break open a Broken Skull IPA Ooh. from. El Segundo yeah, hell yeah. Brewing Company. Nice. Uh, they are slowly getting out here. Uh, we were at a distributor uh, up the road, basically, and they had uh, that in the, um, what is it, the El Segundo, right? Yeah, that's the other the, one. No, that's mm-hmm. the name of the brewery, the uh, Azul. Oh, is, is that what it is, the Azul? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. They're the two I see most commonly, yeah. though, when I do see them. But that oh, Broken Skull is no joke. 
It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, I see it around, but I see, I see it like four at a time. Like, I don't see full cases of it anymore. No, I've only seen four packs yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, side note, this Mason's Revengeance just jumped it up is, to like maybe my favorite beer. It is uh, quite good. It's very smooth. It has that big hop presence and that little bit of sweetness, a little bit of uh, like haze milkiness to it. It yeah, is it's bomb. It's quite good. It's bomb. Um, back to the this Broken Skulls. I mean, they took forever to get out here. That, that beer's been around for oh, a yeah. good bit. It took but at least a year. The distribution. Well, it's, it's more than a year because I remember takes a while. I was still listening to Steve Austin's podcast when they like introduced it. And I haven't listened yeah. to this podcast in at least three, four I still years. I can't believe he's rocking an IPA. That, that's After what was so funny whole about lives, it. what we're used to him drinking. Well, that's why. I can't, but, can't be swilling bud all the time. Yeah. It is great that it only comes in pounders. Yeah. Um, but it was weird seeing him do... You know, there was at least two times during the pandemic when I was still watching uh, the meltdown of WWE when he was doing, like, solo beer bashes in the empty performance center. <laughs> I do remember that. Because <laughs> it's, it's one thing to dump, uh, you know, fucking Coors Light all over yourself, but to, you're going to stink a bit after you pour a bunch of IPAs yeah, all over yourself. You're going to be yourself. all sticky. Yeah. <laughs> the sticky factors upped. <laughs> Um, Audience, do you have some kind of uh, yeah? Do you have a, a beverage over there? I do have a beer. Lay it on us. I'm drinking Imprint Beer Company Smoogee S'mores oh. Pumpkin Roll. Oh my! Ah, Smoogee pumpkin S'mores roll. Pumpkin Roll. That sounds very so, sweet. Imprint. Audience probably hasn't heard us mention Imprint Beer Company. No, we don't talk about them at all. But uh, Smoogee's their big uh, their their dessert sour line that. Uh, producer is very into. I'm gonna take my headphones off and take a sip of this beer. Uh -oh, he's running off. There's gonna be some racket. You're not gonna like it. <laughs> Don't tell him what he likes and doesn't like. That color is weird. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah. So, I mean, their dessert beers are quite sweet. Nothing is. It tastes like a goddamn pumpkin roll. Hmm. All right. Well, it's no surprise that this is my birthday episode. And I'm going to give my age away now. The year, 1984. We're doing the top seven 1984 mm -hmm. horror movies. But, what a year. But hold on. Everyone's getting ahead of themselves. I'm about to do my music segment. Let me, seg uh, let me do yes, my yes, segment. Yes, okay. So I had, to, I had to test myself and say, you know, what came out in 84? I mean, a lot of stuff <sighs> came out in 84. But something that uh, I didn't realize came out in 84, I thought it came out later. Twisted Sisters Stay Hungry. Mm. Um, this is their first studio album uh, under like a big um, label, but they were already like super big before this. They put this record out and it has, uh, you know, we're not going to take it and I want to rock and burn in hell. So like right there, three, um, three bangers. Uh, what's the, the the final track? Is SMF six sick motherfucker? Great record, but if you are a Twisted Sister fan, like I am, get before this. Now this is a little just do my little history thing. This is like '84 and they're just getting big. So from like the late '70s to '84, they had already done like huge festivals and. Um, developed like a huge East Coast following just by playing clubs in New York. 
And they were so good that other musicians were like, dude, you got to come open for you, that kind of thing. And then, you know, D. Snyder became friends with people. They, you know, make connections and they're, they're playing big festivals in Europe where they're getting booed off stage. Watch the damn documentary. I probably talked about it before. Uh, we are a twisted fucking sister. It's great. It explains all of it. But stay hungry. Basically, my point here is that it was a band that was already big and they got even bigger because of this record. And then I think they put out one more after this and they were like done as, as far as like records. Um, but Burn in Hell, my favorite Twisted song off this record, and it is uh, because of the part in Pee-wee's Big Adventure where they're, like, shooting the music video for it. He rides the bike through the set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so just thought that was a fun little tidbit. 84. So is 84, was that Metal Church's first album? Oh, God, I don't know. Pete, do you know? I'm pretty sure that was their first album. Might be. And then you have Ride the Lightning. Yep. Fistful mm-hmm. of Metal. You have Rat. I fucking love Fistful of so, Metal. Uh, it's the first time I ever heard like speed metal. And mm-hmm. on vinyl, Death Rider came on, and I was like blown away. I was, I was mm-hmm. probably 9, 10, who knows. Uh, what did you just say? I'm sorry. Rat. Um, yeah, Rat. Round and Round blew up. Yep, out of the cellar. I almost went with Wasp for this one. But yeah. I feel like I've talked about Wasp you did, before. You did. Okay. Yeah, this is the year their self-titled came out, and it's got Love Machine and I Want to Be Somebody. and They always get lumped into like the glam rock thing, too, which always bothers me. Like Wasp is a metal well, band. They just have a glam rock look. I don't got a problem. I mean, no, nobody rap, does. Rat is glam rock, and I freaking love that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like They're way heavier than Rat. Yeah. Like, But that's their look. Anyway. Yeah, so- oh, I'm sorry, Pete. Good. I was just looking at, I got a list here. So you got, aside from the ones that you guys have already mentioned, you got Iron Maiden's Power Slave. Oh, jeez, how did I forget about De- that? Defenders of the Earth, Judas Priest, Last in Line, Dio, Don't Break the Oath, Merciful Fate, mm. um, 1984 Van Halen. Oh, yeah, uh, duh. Uh, <laughs> um, what else we have here? Uh, Haunting the Chapel Slayer. Um, yeah, there's a shitload. A lot of it was good. a good year. Kiss Animalize. Yeah, I saw Animalize. You know? That's not their, <laughs> that's a, uh, that's not a their sleeper. Greatest, but... That's a sleeper, but it's got it's got a few uh, bangers on it. 80s Kiss has has been coming around. People, I think, are finally recognizing. Think, I'm pretty sure. Let me look at see if I can find the track list here. Pretty sure that has Hell or High Water. Like a few few good Kiss. I think like you know. Let's let's put the S and Sex might be on that or something. Yeah. Yeah, one of the one of those highly sexualized Kiss songs is on there. Very few and far between, I know. I um, that's another list we we should probably get to at some point. It's just like records or. Well, you, you mentioned know. you mentioned doing music, yeah. Yeah, like as we evolve the show. Oh no, beers you mentioned. Do, we can do a beer and music. Yeah. Combination. But, yeah, something. there's a lot. There's a lot out there we can do. Uh, man, what a year for music though, and it just got me. Like, good year for music. Good year for movies. Side, side, uh, sidebar. Priest or Maiden? Maiden. Yeah, Maiden. I'm a priest guy. Mm. I love Maiden. I got no qualms with. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. No, no, be. I just think Rob Halford's the man. Yeah, well, yeah, he is, he he's is. the man. So, cool, cool. Um, any uh, news bits you want to chat about? Pete, you said you had something, right? 
I just saw one thing Buddy Disgusting posted earlier today. Um, Derek, I'm not going to pronounce this uh, last name correctly. Chian France, maybe, is now uh, set to direct the new Wolfman movie. I did see that, yeah. With Ryan Gosling. Um, that mm. uh, Lee, Lee Winnell was set to do it because he, he also did... Oh, I forgot Lee Winnell was doing that. Because he also did... Um, the Invisible Man, but it doesn't say what happened, but that now this other guy who directed Ryan Gosling before in Blue Valentine, which is not a horror movie, but... Huh. I wonder um, why Lee Winnell backed out, because he was... Uh, I heard him on an interview talking about getting that project and being pretty excited about it. Well, do you know he backed out, though? Well, yeah, I, I don't mean, know. backed out or got backed got, out. Yeah, yeah. Saying, they could have took his ass off it. He's talented, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, but I mean, if his vision is one thing and theirs is another, you know. Yeah, it's hard to trust another Wolfman movie. Yeah, I wasn't really f- thrilled with the Benicio Del Toro version, especially because it took so damn long to come out. Yeah. Like, you get so excited and then you forget about it and like, oh, this was, yeah. Even yeah. the Sir Anthony Hopkins one. like That's the same one. Oh, yeah, that's the same one. <laughs> same conversation yeah, happened uh, in the werewolf episode. Oh, gee, you see? <laughs> I, I, my brain is like gone. I just repeat the same stories. I'll be sitting at the bar, and like, I'll, like I was watching the Eagles game last week with Tuna, and I just remember him looking at me at one point, going, "You just told me that like ten minutes ago." Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, as far as news goes, I don't have anything, but I wanted to do a quick check-in. I did uh, tackle the next chapter, the next film entry, and well, what. Oh, I was gonna say, get get your chapter together. I have one bit of news okay. that is blowing my mind because this keeps happening. Evil Dead Rise, the new Evil Dead movie, mm-hmm. done filming already. Really? Yeah, and this is like the second or third time in the last couple months where like Texas Chainsaw, they're like done filming. Didn't even know they started. There used to be like all this hoopla, like sets from the uh, photos from the set and all this stuff. I almost would rather not hear as much because then I just get too excited. And it's too far out. Yeah, it's just wild. It's just wild that they're like, oh, it's done. Yeah, it's ready. I th- I think maybe the one positive of COVID, though, hopefully it's not like making things like rush in the end result. But I think it's sped up a process that was probably dro- drug out in the past because like now there's all these stipulations that people have to follow, especially if you're filming in other countries and all this stuff. Mm. Um, you know, they basically have, what my understanding is that there's basically all, like people who are COVID officers on set that are like, put your mask up, put your mask up, like all this shit. That'd so be a like, sweet job, by the way. So I feel like no, they're probably just like job. yelling at they're celebrities. Probably, they're probably like banging out scenes. They're probably you know maybe not being as as uh, like filming fifty takes. Yeah, maybe yeah, I got you. Getting that coverage. <laughs> Got to get fifty yeah. angles. All right, I'm sorry, Vinny. I just wanted to get that out. Now take take me to the taking of the shape. All right. Or taking shape. Next chapter in Taking Shape, the uh, the book that I've been breaking down. It's uh, every chapter of the book is a entry in the Halloween franchise and giving you fun behind the scenes tidbits about it. So we are on to Halloween Resurrection. Not nearly as much drama as Halloween Six or H two O. Because they were like, we got to get a cash grab real quick. Who cares? No, they weren't going for a cash cash grab. Like it, it looks like 
while they were filming H2O, they knew there was going to be a follow-up. Mm. They just didn't know what direction it was going to go in. And <clears throat> Jamie Lee Curtis was involved in whatever the Halloween H2O follow-up was going to be yeah. because she wanted that to be closure of her, for Laurie Strode. Right, that I remember. And she didn't care whether it was going to be like closure for um, Michael <clears throat> Myers, but I guess other people wanted like eight to be the end of Michael Myers, like have him definitively die. And Akkad was like, nah, no way. I'm still going to make <laughs> yeah. more of these movies. Yeah. And, um, so not a ton of, like, I mean, it was pretty cut and dry, not a ton of stuff other than, um, and I forgot to mention with H2O, you know, uh, Kevin Williamson ghost wrote H2O. Yeah. Uncredited. Yeah. Yeah. So he was involved in coming up with the, concept and script for what eight was going to be loosely he, he certainly did not come up with what resurrection is as we know it but like at the very least the beginning um with how they reveal michael didn't die and put the paramedic and his right. mask and all that it's a bit much. that was all that was all whims okay um the only things of note were there was there was a deleted scene that never even made it to film to be a deleted scene technically, but it was going to be very meta. And Michael was going to be walking down the street and see a billboard on the highway um, saying that they were doing this fe- uh, film in the My- Myers house. Watch these teens stay over at night, and he was going to look at the billboard and do the head tilt mm. and then keep walking. Mm-mm. Yeah, luckily they Mm-mm. cut that out. That's almost as corny as. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. Well, I think it was, it was supposed to be, you know, with uh, Jason when he d- takes Manhattan when he sees. Yeah, but that was funny. I think this was supposed to be because it wasn't funny. him. It was just the hockey teams. Yeah, the yeah. fake New York Ranger billboard. Um. Yeah, there wasn't really. Sounds like a boring chapter. It then. was kind of it was kind of boring. I thought there was going to be a lot of stuff with like, this like one. Like Buster Rhymes was a pain in the ass or something. No, nah, apparently he was he was super cool and gave a lot of like motivational speeches. I could to see the that. cast and crew. Um, <laughs> I could see it more him just being like hype and there they took it as like motivational speeches. I mean, have you heard the man rap? It's amazing. The speed, the flow. It, it was called a stunt casting. There was something else that I can't remember. That's but fine. It was a fairly uneventful chapter. Yeah, it happens. Um, like now, once you, know you get Rob, yeah, when you, you hit the Rob Zombie stuff, you're gonna yeah. have fun, I'm sure. I'm excited for the next book. Yeah, it's cool, All man. The uh, unmade sequels. It's cool. It makes me wish I read. Why don't you just read? Goddamn! I don't have the time. You gotta play it. I can make words. Like I know. Tehe. Um. Yeah. I... It's cool, man. I wish, um, I mean, a lot of these franchises have kind of that word of mouth about all the films and like you hear this and that, but it's cool to have it like in book form, like you can pick it up and read it and not depend on like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of this gets touched on. Well, actually, I don't know if a lot of it gets touched on like behind the scenes, Blu-rays and stuff. Yeah, not too much. I mean... I guess later down the line when they're like doing uh, 25th anniversaries and stuff a little bit. But even then, sometimes you get kind of like the, the half-truth or what they just remember. 
if that's even if they have a cool story. Like I said, this one sounds like nothing really happened. Everyone was just there getting their check, and what about their day? I doubt a. Uh, what was the what was the model that was in it? Right. The, um, I don't know about a model, but Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica was in it. No. Nah, she has a dirty whore in it. Really upset the, me. The black chick's a model. Oh, Buster's... Uh, Tyra Banks? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I could see her being like a pain in the ass or Actually, something. You know what? I'm surprised there's not a cha- the little paragraph in this chapter about how that probably broke the hearts of many people that Starbuck was dwindled down to a common whore. Whatever. I mean, uh, she's not uh, Starbuck I, to me, so... Yeah, I think I think you're the only person that cares about that. Oh, there's plenty. <laughs> really, and Battlestar Galactica. There's call a, us up. There's a quite. They're the probably they're, pro- they're probably the same people that are uh, binge watching Steven Seagal movies. Yeah, yeah good. you live on like a different planet. I don't <laughs> well, know. If good. You know that I, have, or not. I got a small army then. <laughs> Seagal and Battlestar Galactica fans. To give you guys an idea, we're out here on Vinny's uh, private compound in the bomb shelter. He's a nut. <laughs> With his Battlestar Galactica reboots and actually, you know what? Maybe I'll do it next. I also have a book. Um, it has a, has a very funny title, but it's about Steven Seagal and it breaks down each of his movies. Oh, that's movie a, that's a pod. That's a, that's a different. That's a so shoot when, off. when I finish this one, maybe we'll go into that. That's next. a Killer Pod presents the Steven Seagal um, <laughs> tapes or diaries or something. Um, hey, do you remember that? I started. I read that while we were in college. Do you remember that one? No. Yeah, because Pete was keeping tabs on you, like your library. <laughs> well, I'm sure I was telling him. I have a feeling I was like telling him chapter by chapter what was going on. Oh, man. <laughs> Whether yeah. he listened, I don't know. Peter, sit, I also sit down. Sm- I have to explain to you what happened in chapter two. I also smoked a lot of weed back then. Yeah, that's true. Back then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't smoke nearly as much now as I used to. I mean, if I do, I'm right to sleep. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so moving on from that, uh, Monster Mania happened. Yes, it at did. Oaks. And it was a smashing success. Oh, in my, my opinion. God. I, first of all, this is the most art I think I've ever seen at a Monster Mania. And it, it was done great. That had me really considering investing large amounts of money. Yeah. In it. <laughs> like, sometimes you come across, like, the, all right, this guy does, like, some splattery stuff, or this guy. This was all good stuff, like, stuff that I would hang in my home. There was a diorama guy that had these yeah, so, ugh, cool so much cool stuff. Um, QF Chris, Quiltface Chris was there. He did his thing. He had his prints. Um, he actually had some I hadn't seen before, too, hanging. Caught up with him a little bit. The thing that was surprising to me, but at the same time I appreciate now because you can get movies wherever, uh, the only movie vendor there was Vinegar Syndrome. And... Um... The little um, table, but I don't know what no, he no, is. No, the, no, um, the group that, that changes over the VHSs to... Oh, well, VHSPS, but yeah. that's different. I'm talking about, like, Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a guy, I can't remember what the, the company is, but they did, like, Straight Edge Kegger, and they do a bunch of, like, low-budge crap. Um, he was there, but he's at, like, everything now. I see him all the time. But yeah, but, but the movie much. vendors were not there enforced by any means. And and like you said, when we were walking, you're like, I, I can buy those anywhere. I want to find unique, cool stuff. Yeah, which yeah. we did. Yes, very cool stuff. I picked up um, this this uh, I had their name Cina Cinavici Cina. I think it's Cinavici. I think that's how you say it. It's like Cina S or S C I N E V I D I C I. But uh, they did these cool posters. It's Haddonfield, Springwood, 
and Crystal Lake, and it's murder maps of it's where, so cool. and they're so I sh- awesome. I should have gotten the Camp Crystal Lake one, and we could have just doubled up. Yeah, I got the Crystal Lake. So Pete, one. like, I don't know how to describe it without you seeing it. We'll just send you like a picture. Yeah, I'll, so I'll get it's, a it's like soon. a um, if you think of like a Google Maps or a uh, Google, what's it called, satellite? Yeah, satellite uh, image of Camp Crystal Lake. And then marked all around Crystal Lake and all the various movies. It has all the murders that happened and their names. But it goes from Friday the 13th 1 where it's at you know, the camp all the way to Jason X where it's at the lab like way outside the lake. And the guy was telling us, like, yeah, I tried to figure out. So it has like the first part of Jason X. He's like, I tried to figure out how to put space into the map, but that just wasn't possible. But has every kill in the movie somewhere on that map. Like it's super cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And they do it for that Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street. And they're all very cool. Um they are, they had a bunch of awesome prints too, just like Vincent Price stuff. Um uh but they were hand drawn, right? Yeah. The little cards. Yeah. yeah, they were super cool. Um what else did I do? Uh, I found a guy that does like 3d art in shadow boxes and they They light up yeah like not in a tacky way like they have like backlighting backlighting like but it's very strategic and smart how he does it and it just like enhances it makes it look really cool so i got this awesome um it's all it's all um original artwork he doesn't take like the poster and just make it 3d so i got i got one it's the fog and it's his own artwork for the fog and it lights up uh, like green in the background. It's super cool looking. Mm. Yeah, that guy had a lot of good stuff. He actually, along with the light up ones, he has, I don't know, eight bookshelves that looks like it's full of VHSs. Yeah. And if you pull the VHS out, it's actually a shadow box and he 3Ds the cover. Right. So they look like VHSs and then you get the same art. You just don't get the light. Yeah. They're the yeah, size of a VHS. Yeah. Some very, some very cool very stuff. Very cool stuff. Uh, what else? Oh, I, I picked up uh, an autograph. Got to meet James Remar, which is super special for me because I'm a huge Warriors fan. Um, when I was a kid, his segment in Tales from the Dark Side, Lover's Vow, with like the gargoyles, used to scare the shit out of me. And that whole movie up to that point, like if you've seen Tales from the Dark Side, it's kind of funny. And that one is not funny at all. Yeah. It used to scare the pants off me. Uh, so I picked up an old Fangoria with Tales from the Dark Side on the cover um, and had him sign it. And it was really cool. He was super laid back. Uh, I got a little cameo from um, uh, Sean. Oh, God, I forgot his last name. Malfunction on um, the Instagrams. But you'll know him from Horror's Hallowed Grounds. But he was uh, standing by James Remar. Oh, Behind James Remar's table, eating cake and getting crumbs all over the place. And James Remar kind of scolded him a little bit. It was pretty (laughs) funny. Um, Super nice guy. Um, Not a ton of inner... I told you, I freeze up with the celebrities. I don't know what to to say to them. I don't want to be that dude. It's like, I'm a huge fan. Um, I'm that dude. I just want to talk to them like they're normal people, you know? I don't want to be like, back in this, did you do this? Well, no. Yeah, you don't want to ask me like that. No, but uh, a lot of... A lot of... Um, I mean, you could have just been like, ah, oh, you got a fantasy football team going? Or? That would have been funny, actually. <laughs> a lot of cool celebs there to meet. Uh, Joe, Bob, and Darcy. Yep, yep. And their line uh, was by far the longest, um, even beating out Tony Todd. I wish I had 
the money to spend because they had the the whole Monster Squad squad. Mm-hmm. So the kids, obviously, all well, just out. it was Andre Gower and uh, Rudy, and then all the monsters, right? right and then yeah. all the monsters. So well, no, not all the monsters, because Frankenstein wasn't there. I think it was Carl no, Tebow. Carl Tebow, Thibault, whatever, and then Duncan Regar, and then Andre Gower, and the guy that plays Rudy. I can't remember his name at the moment. But there was someone else. Whatever. It would have been cool <laughs> to get a. Um, yeah, because if Tom, if Tom Noonan was there, I probably would have got him to sign but, something. But, you know, you, there's, not a, there's not a bulk price you can pay for all those autographs. Yeah. 30 a pop would have been expensive for all of them. Yep. Uh, Tony Todd, like you said, Kim Coates uh, from Silent Hill. I would have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Like, I yeah. would have loved to get Tony Todd, except I would have brought my The Rock Blu-ray, and I don't know how much. He would have loved it. He wouldn't care. Oh, he would have loved it. But then, like, then what do I do with the my Rock Blu-ray? You take the slip cover out and you frame it, and then you just put a piece of paper with The Rock written on it, or a picture of The Rock, like. The wrestler, The Rock. That would be actually really funny. <laughs> I definitely would have had him sign, like, you know, in quotes, I don't listen to soft-ass shit, Tony Todd. He's, he's so good in that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so classic. You should have did that. Um, I'm sure he had, like, a headshot up there from the movie or something, or still. Yeah. But he had a line. Uh, good good for him, man. He's probably been making the rounds for a long time at this point. You know, he was too. having fun. He was all smiles and yeah. chatting up with everybody. Yeah. Um, Good con, good con. Yeah, it was good. Much it was better good. location. A lot better in location, a lot of space. Yeah. Um, finally got Vinny his first bag of cat fight coffee. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're sold. Shout out to them. We're uh, we're on for life now. Mei Ling was there slinging. She's the sweetest lady in the world. Uh, it's AC Slade's wife. They're co-owners of Cat Fight Coffee. Um, I've never been thanked so much for purchasing yeah, products very, that are very, like delicious. <laughs> very nice and happy with their customers. Yeah. I got a sweet glow in the dark lucha magnet for the uh, that was from Bob Burke. Yeah. Uh Glowmania. Check him out. Mm-hmm. He's on the Instagram too. Nice dude. Had like a thirty five minute conversation with him about KISS before just talking. Uh that was actually at Monster Mania outside when it was like a thousand degrees. Uh producer got a sweet uh full size print of the OG Bride of Frankenstein poster. Which is, yeah, beautiful poster. And then, because she purchased that, I got a uh, freebie Mondo print of Godzilla. So, yeah, all in all, great event. Yes, very fun. Uh, I hope this Oaks thing continues. I think it will. It was a smashing success, and I don't see why they wouldn't continue it. Yeah. So right. let's, let's we get, get into, into it, some, right? Um, war, some war games, some uh, birthday wars. Birthday wars will be had. 1984 is the game of woe. <laughs> Not a lean year. Good year. Good year. Very funny year if you Google it. In the fact that it's like they only acknowledge about a dozen movies that were made. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, <laughs> who knows what Gorgula or Gorgula? That was Gorgula. I don't know. Google's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who knows what Google's? Uh, formula as what I was going with there and algorithm for these searches are because it shows like like seven movies like yeah, there's so much very funny there. it's like oh I guess the 84 was not a great year producer uh, studio studio audience should we go to the studio audience studio audience will be handling uh, the trivia this evening and then Pete will be nice enough to be producing and 
handling any qualms that may happen, uh, adding his own comments in- on insights. the picks, putting people down for a certain number one pick that I'm sure is going to happen. Well, if I win that trivia, which is more than yeah. likely. Uh, so let's see. Anyone in the studio audience want to come read trivia? Anyone? Oh, oh, oh young thanks. lady, young thanks. lady, come well, on. Up. All right. So if you uh, want to read that that trivia card to us, all right. Now would be a good time. Good work out of you. All right. So, what actor from the 1984 film Nightmare on Elm Street also appeared in Pirates of the Caribbean? Ooh, Johnny Depp. Yes. All right. Oh, god damn. So I don't know, but I'm I'm taking the number one, (laughs) so I can so I can break your heart. So that would mean seven five. Three and one for me. Seven, five, three, and one for me. No, no, no. Yeah. No, it was back to back. Ah, I keep forgetting about that. Yeah, so you got Wait, seven, one. six. So I have seven, six, and four, I, and two. Right. You have five, three, and one. I'll remember that rule eventually. <laughs> Didn't the, wasn't the, like the first three or four times we started that, I just kept taking your picks? I would just like throw my card. Yeah. And then, yeah. It's a, right. it a mess. You still haven't gotten around to it. No, I'll never get it right. I don't need to get it right. Because you know why? I keep winning trivia. If I'm going to keep winning trivia, you need to be able to tell me what's what. Someday I'll be good at trivia. The uh, the seven makes this uh, have, have to make it's a, it's a, it'll make it lean, you know? Yeah. There's a oh, lot yeah. of choices. A lot of choices. There is. There is. Yeah, it was a good year for sure. I think my seven's actually more questionable than my one. I had a seven. All right, so I got a text to Pete. Yeah. Have you not figured that out yet? Mm. Yeah. Whoa, studio audience getting rowdy out there. Put that chair down. <laughs> Ooh. Man, he's writing a book. No, I'm just trying to find Pete's name. Oh, my God. You should have it brought up already. Don't you know anything? I'll, I'll learn you one day. And you want to quit your job and do this for a living? <laughs> All right. Oh, it's in. Here we are for the 1984 Jeff DiBattista birthday list. Woo! Vince Markle uh, with the number seven pick, The Initiation. Hmm. I don't think I've ever seen it. I know what The Initiation is. I don't think I've ever seen it, though. So this has been like a, you know, one that has been escaped me for a while. And like, oh, I got I to gotta catch that sometime. But being in the 1984 list, had to watch it. And, you know, it's number seven. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It's, it's bonkers. Like is, it's, this, is this the one with the sorority? Yeah, so... I've seen part of it then. It's, like, advertised as sorority, but also slasher let loose in a mall. Oh, wait, maybe not. But it's like both. Like you have half and half. Oh, oh, well, maybe it is. I don't know. Um, so they're doing some... So you have a sorority sister who has some... You know, she can't remember her childhood. And then there's some hazing going on. And the hazing for the sorority is, oh, you got to go steal the um, security officer's uniform as like your hazing thing. Like off him? Yeah. Well, yeah. Like while he's wearing it. Yeah. Interesting. 
But, um, and while, while all this shenanigans is happening between the sorority and the mall, there's a slasher happening. And it's all kinds of bonkers. Producer, you watched this one. I did watch it. Big fan? Yeah, that's you are allowed to speak. Remember that. Like you, I like look over there at her. She's like holding in laughs and like turning red. Like, all right, relax. Like you can you can let it out. Yeah. So oh, oh so the it, it's not really so it's not a mall. It's a department store in the mall. Now I don't know if this was an eighty four thing or if it was just embellished with a movie, but this mall was massive. Like they made this thing look like it was a skyscraper. Just, oh, like tall. Like just floors and floors <laughs> and floors. That's how the mall is in Chopping Mall. Yeah, so it must yeah. have been a thing. I think like, it's a California thing. It's like, like a like, West you know, Coast like thing. How our like well, malls are like dying, but like, when yeah. we were kids, you know, a three-story mall was, was like yeah, crazy. Yeah, I mean, this thing is just floor upon floor upon floor. So they're running around this thing, and the whole gimmick was around a specific department store. Where they had to steal the security guard's uniform because the the sorority sister, who's the, our main character, her father owns it, and they're kind of like teasing her, like, "Oh, little Miss Pris, like her father owns this big fancy department store." Um, and then she meets like this professor at school that's interpreting these recurring nightmares she has, and it all leads to what was kind of like becoming the thing of the mid '80s. They had to differentiate these. Slashers, there had to be a big twist. So, should I reveal the twist since it's 1984? I mean, whatever. It's not going to bother me. I'm not one to be bothered by spoilers. So, so it turns out she's a twin. Oh, it's a happy birthday to me situation. And the twin is doing all the murders. Hmm. And that's why she's having the nightmares. So, it's happy birthday to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I, it was bonkers. I love finding 80s movies that I haven't seen and that are, that are just ridiculous, ridiculous watches and finds like this. Eventually, this pool is going to run dry, and that's going to be a sad day for me. And I guess I'll have to start looking into, like, 60s and 70s unwatched movies. I don't know. That's, yeah. But, me. I mean, this thing, this dripped 80s, all kinds of cheese. Um, I had a fun time watching it. Definitely... Another one where it's fun to watch with a group or to watch with a producer who's just going to shame the movie the whole time. Shame, 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 shame. You're a shamer. Yeah, that's all I got for that. No slasher shaming. Well, you're up again. Lucky you. I'm eating a brownie. Or what are they called? Blondie. A blondie. A blonde brownie. It's like delicious cookie dough with chocolate chips. Is that what it is, cookie dough? All right. I'm having, I'm having a special boy birthday. I got brownie blondies and special beers and. I'm already freaking out. Freaking <laughs> out! It's a birthday list. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah, but I just never know what you're gonna do. So a movie that's much higher on my list, I'm gonna put all the way down here. Jesus, I'm not an this, animal. Just so it makes the list. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I guess I am. You are an animal. Okay. Oh, there it is. Right. Coming in with the number six pick. Vince. Vinny. Coming in with Children of the Corn. 
Hmm. Didn't even make my list. Really? See, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. That's when you didn't make your list. I like the movie. Just didn't make my list. All right. This one. This is a Stephen King classic. Of course. Um, I'm sure everybody knows about this one. Actually, you know what? That's like... This, I'm sure everyone knows about this one, but I feel like most people our age and younger have not seen this one. I feel like it's lost its lore. Well, probably because there's like six of them now. And then you, and the sequels you, are all really bad. Yeah. I mean, this is one that like got turned into a franchise, and there's nothing redeeming about it. I, I don't think I like a single sequel of this movie. I wouldn't even bother watching them. But the original, I love. And this one was unique for me because... As a youngster, it got like a little bit overhyped. Like when I was really like like young, getting into horror, my mom talked about this one and said it was terrifying, and the children were terrifying, and it made her scared of kids, and it was super unsettling and blah blah blah. And I finally watched it. And I was like, yeah, it was good. I was like, geez, mom, you got overhyped this one a little bit, but. <coughs> This is good stuff. And like I said, Stephen King classic. Um, the book is great. And you have Linda Hamilton, who I love. And it's a couple that um, is going cross country. He's, they're relocating for work. Linda Hamilton's pestering him the entire time to an annoying degree about commitment and how he doesn't want to commit. And she just like, keeps making these comments throughout the movie about how he doesn't want to commit because she just sneaks him in there. Annoying. <laughs> and Mean- Meanwhile, they're moving across the country together? Yes. And I don't want to commit as we're yeah driving across the country. They essentially, like in the, in the synopsis, they say they encountered a dead boy, but they run over a dead boy. And it leads them to this town that's run by children that are in a crazy, radical uh, cult, religious cult, and they killed off all the parents. And and they only eat corn. It's the children versus the adults kind of thing. And the one behind... The one one behind the stalks? Malachi? They always always refer to the the demon or their god as the one... The one who walks behind the stalks. Something like that. But, um, yeah, you have Isaac and Malachi are the leaders. Isaac's creepy in his own way because he looks like a little man child (laughs) and speaks all his religious stuff. And it's creepy because it's like a little boy. But Malachi is a whack job. This kid, I think it might have ruined his acting career. Nah, just watch something with him in it for... um... Halloween time movies. I feel like it should have ruined his acting career. Candy Corn. He was in Candy Corn. I mean, as an older man. Yeah, he was in The Burbs. He was in Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. He's the, the son in The but Burbs. But he was the so... Big mutton, big he was so disturbing in this. And has such, like, a creepy, weird-looking presence. I don't know. He just... He's, he's a disturbing-looking guy. I mean. Yeah. And is just freaky in this. As, like, this the, the beta that becomes the alpha... And their whole religious thing, um, the siege, they, they do a flashback on how the kids take over the town and and get rid of all the adults. And, like, the siege on the adults is pretty creepy. Uh, there's two little kids that are, like, not part of the cult and don't want to be really involved, but they're stuck there. 
Um, they're like, you know, the heroes, helpers kind of deal. Right on. But, yeah, good stuff. I um, I had it higher on the list, but I had a feeling the way things are going to go, I should probably throw it on now. Otherwise, I won't make it. Yeah, it's a, it's a classic. It's a classic. Um, the Why sequ- the sequels too? Yeah, the sequels ruined it. And I think that's a problem. Is like if Because they were one of those things when I was a kid. They used to be on um, TV all the time. So, like, if you saw one of those really bad sequels, that would turn me off to want to go back and watch the original. I'd almost be like, how did... Why are there sequels if it's this bad? Yeah, I mean, like, I can't even remember, because there's so many sequels. Who knows what kind of goofy directions... Because, like, you would think it'd be pretty cut and dry in how you would do a sequel of this. Like, kids taking over the town, religious cult. But I'm sure it went in all kinds of different wacky directions as the sequels went on. Um, yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that somebody took it somewhere that was just like, huh? Yeah. And to, this wasn't even. Um, it wasn't even. It was. It wasn't adapted from a short story of Stephen King's. It wasn't even a whole book, right? What's that? It was a short story by Stephen King, right? It wasn't even yeah. a whole book. Yeah. I want to say so, it, was, it was. He's done. A few short story collections. I think this one was in um, Graveyard Shift. Okay. Hmm. I would not have known that. Graveyard yeah. Shift. I didn't know Graveyard Shift was like a collection of shorts. Mm-hmm. It's got a few of those. Yeah, I just remember seeing them on like my mom, my mom's bookshelf. She had all the Stephen King books. Start reading, you monster. Nah, it's hard. Where are we at here? Five? Yep, it's up Fiver. to you. All right. Your Pete. first pick. So we're moving on to the birthday boys. First pick of the night. Number five. The Christmas time classic. Silent night, deadly night. Also yeah. my number five. Oh, wonderful. That's cool. Uh, it is my number five in true. And it's your number five in true. Which means that's pretty cool. Uh, that's where it belongs. Yeah. Uh, Silent night, deadly night. Stirred up a whole bunch of controversy. Uh, definitely one of those movies where you would think that what you're about to watch is going to be the most bloody violent thing you've ever seen in your life because you hear about how it's banned and all this stuff, but it's not. It's uh, more on the funny slasher side of things. The The hubbub is, you know, we're in the slasher craze, and now parents are having to explain to their kids why there's a commercial on about Santa Claus killing people. <laughs> And the throw fits, and they go down to the theater and protest, which, you know, generates more curiosity, so more people see it. Mm-hmm. It took me a long time to see this. I didn't see this till I was about 22. Uh, it was a hard find for me, because I I actually found it at the first Monster Mania convention I went to. I just went to, like, the first DVD vendor I saw and asked, and he pulled it out and gave it to me. I was like, sweet. I thought it was going to be so much harder. But at some point, Anchor Bay did like a re-release on it and added the deleted scenes and stuff. So it became readily available. It's so fun. Christmas time horror, as we've talked about, we did a whole list on it. They're usually really fun. The the killer victim dynamic in this is pretty hilarious. Uh, as he's telling them they've been naughty and he's like, naughty. yeah, chopping them. Um, it is probably, <laughs> uh, one of the reasons that the slasher craze came to an end in reality. Cause it was just like, this is where we're at, huh? <laughs> As, oh, this is only 84. 
Yeah, but how they many? They kept going for five more. I mean, yeah, eight, 89 has started. But in movie, in theater, like commercial movies, like this was made on the back that like people are going to see this. This is going to be like the next, uh, I don't want to say the next Halloween, but essentially, I mean, but this is, I mean, this is where it's, you know, it's getting a little goofy at this point. Well, working in Christmas was was their uh, their way in to differentiate themselves. Like, but I mean, this Christmas throwing through. Oh yeah. The uh, and that sets it apart. It's it's goofy and it's got a lot of weird decisions. Mm-hmm. The uh, I wouldn't say there's many weird decisions. Yeah, there is. Like. Like the whole uh, rapey scene where he's essentially like saving her. Oh, yeah, then she then gets mad. She gets yeah, mad. All right, all right, what the right, hell right. is that? Yeah, you're right. You're and he's right. like, all right, well, then I'm off with you too. And he kills yeah, her yeah. too. <laughs> I think he was going to kill her either way. Yeah. But yeah, it is weird that she's mad that. All the. Always found that weird. Angry nun stuff. Well, that's. To show how he. I know, but. Yeah. Definitely different. Yeah, all right, I'll give you that. Still fun. And then part two. Well, part two, so that's not. Recap part one for the first 45 minutes. And then all kinds of weird. Look, Silent Night, Deadly Night will forever be one of my faves. Um, Watch it every Christmas. I think, I I don't know if I've ever told you this, but like, I really want to get, I want to get all the Christmas horror, like on Blu-ray or DVD or something. It's some of my favorite stuff. Yeah. I'm working on it. I have most of it. Yeah. I mean, I got to get on it. I've been really lazy. I think I have, like, this Black Christmas and then Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, 5, and 6, or 3, 4, 5, whatever the hell it is. Christmas horror is yeah. a blast. It is. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah, number five seems about the right spot for it. I agree. This, uh, I, I want to talk about my seven, but I don't know if you have it on your list or not. Let's wait for the discards. Well, I know. I'm just, it's just one of my, uh. One of my faves. It's not necessarily the greatest movie by any means, but so we're moving on to four. All right, this is gonna be my curveball. Oh, he's got a curveball. I was gonna say if you Googled 1984, like we were talking about, it's a it's a pretty uh, there's some heavy hitters on there. But he's saying four is a curveball. All so, right, depends how you see it. So, Vinny coming in with a uh, an interesting pick here at number four. Uh-oh. Another Linda Hamilton movie. Oh, jeez. Back to back. The, the Terminator. Yeah, I don't, I don't know right. what's a curveball about it. Well, I just didn't know if you were going to be like, that's not a horror movie. Well, it's not, but when I... I see it as through and through a sci-fi slasher. Yeah, I'm going to give you that for sure. But, I yeah. mean, they made Arnold as a Terminator a horrific nonstop killer, and they do all the slasher tropes. Yeah, no, yeah not, I, I don't mean, disagree. Um, it it was revolutionary for the time. It Arnold was just a nonstop like. I mean, as a, as a, the, the franchise went on, where you see how Terminators 
or like they, they just drive it home in all the sequels that they're nonstop. But this one, I mean, like, even like the first time I watched it, watching it now, it's just you think to yourself, like, how is Kyle Reese going to stop this thing? It's like it's just a killing machine. He's terrifying. The scene when he's in his shitty hotel bathroom, dicking around, pulling out his eye, is disgusting and scary. Um, the massacre on the police station was so much better than the massacre on the police station than Halloween 5. And I don't know. I thought I was going to have to defend this one more. <laughs> Catching me off guard. No, I, I don't know why. One, it's you, so I know Terminator was coming. Like, I knew it was going to be there somewhere. Yeah, I absolutely oh, knew it was right. going to come. Um, I didn't even know if it was going to come. I, well, Pete seemed surprised. I've always stood firmly by I like T2 so much better than Terminator. But as an, It's an action movie, though. Right. But I respect what you're saying about what this is. I mean, it's, it's essentially a low budget compared to... Comparatively to oh, yeah, what Cameron time. would go yeah, on they, to make, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they. I mean, so he almost had you had to use that like horror slacker trope stuff because that's that's how you get away with low cost. And, and I think because it was so, it was so in at the time that maybe that's the route they went to to get people in the seats. Yeah, I mean, it was a smashing success. I know that much. Um, Bill Paxton. It really, yep, Bill Paxton. It really goes uh, hand in hand. Like, so Alien is a horror movie. Aliens, an amazing action sequel. Terminator, horror movie. T two, amazing action sequel. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, well, with Alien at least, you know, Cameron didn't even have anything to do with that until Aliens. You think people would agree with us? The Terminator is a horror movie. I wouldn't agree that it's a horror movie, but it's... Or it can be. It can be, yeah. I'm not going to disagree with the 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 stance you're, you're holding. It's And it's a fine movie. There's nothing wrong with it. I just always, like... It's just weird with that, with Terminator and Terminator 2. Like, Terminator 2 is so good, and they do such a good job of backtracking to one, so, like, you know exactly what's going on. Like, it's almost like one... Not even necessary. Uh, necessary to build the story and like the mythology of the franchise. Yeah, I mean, if and you're... it made T two so much more effective because Arnold was like this terrifying villain in the first one. Then they have him switch to the hero in the second. Just blew people's minds. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think. Uh, People still, I mean, people still talk about how that transition from seeing one to two, when Arnold shows up with uh, John Connor to save to save Sarah, right. like big then, swerve, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, like that, but blew people's minds. Hmm. And I, I think the way they marketed T two too, like you didn't know that I can't remember. I couldn't tell you. I think I, you didn't know. I just remember seeing it in the theater with but, my uncles. Because otherwise, how are people so shocked that he switched to a good guy? Yeah, that's true. Like the the shock value. Well, we know about old trailers. I mean, they didn't they didn't care who what they gave away. Yeah, they were just trying to get you to buy. Oh, it and then like with with um, Arnold going like through the phone book, person by person. Are you Sarah Connor? <laughs> blowing them away. Freaking crazy. 
Ay, ay, ay. All right, I'll I'll allow it. <laughs> Good. All right. Uh, three. I lost track. That was four. Yeah, three. So we're yeah. on three. So, with the number three pick, Jeff's coming in with Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter. Okay. Right, number three. That's not too shocking, eh? No, I had it a little bit lower, okay. but I knew it would make it on here. So yeah, a lot of people would say this is the the best. Friday the Thirteenth movie. Um, it's definitely one of the most entertaining. That's for sure. First of all, Crispin Glover dance. Yes. Like we could stop there. But I mean, the idea that you know Crispin was, Glover as a whole. Well, this. yeah. What? what dead fuck? <laughs> I can't do a. Good so I'm just a dead fuck. <laughs> can't do a Crispin Glover very good. Um, that whole vibe with that crew of friends is super yeah super good uh feels it like felt real yes that's gonna say it feels natural so it almost feels like you're watching just like it feels real so yeah um the idea that we were gonna kill jason here for good was laughable um <laughs> the savini effects though great uh the the head sliding down the machete and stuff oh so good uh, so yeah, yeah, you got your uh, your Tommy Jarvis. There's all that cool stuff in his bedroom, and like it's just like a it's it's visually a super good movie. Like you're very, I find myself very invested. The twins, uh, which is hilarious. The head nod to makeup effects too. That like it was becoming like the yeah like rock star like, like the sex status. drugs and rock and roll of yeah. makeup effects because they have this young kid just like worshipping you know these artists and having it all in the room and everything like that was super cool especially looking back now yeah the the twins always find funny cuz it's like they're clearly foreign like they have accents mhm but never brought up <laughs> never, never, never addressed um you know i would have Probably I don't somebody. think it needs to be addressed. But, There's, like, somebody would have asked. They said the lake. Like, yeah. uh, what, where are you from? Yeah, like, they, they're naked within, like, five seconds of meeting them. Maybe they were French. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Free spirits. Um, Not my all-time favorite Friday the 13th, but definitely up there. I don't remember where I listed it on the list, but I think I yelled at for for I believe. Uh, did you put it too low? I, I don't know. It better I have been top three. Uh, I don't remember. Because I have, like, five. Or not. Yeah, yeah, five. I love five, and everyone yells at me because it's the imposter. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but it it's cool, man. It's um, got the callback with the the brother hunting for Jason because of his sister from the previous movie. It's just super good, but it is funny looking back, like the final chapter. Like really, really, come on. They were going for it. Yeah, for about ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they went a good route to do it. I mean, a machete through the head's pretty, pretty solid death. Uh huh. Um, but like, you know, they leave it open for the whole. Oh, Tommy Jarvis is gonna be Jason now, and then they, I guess, uh, yeah, they puss out in the the long run with that. Well, I guess not really, because they they sort of kind of were going that way, and then they pussed out with Lives. But I love Lives. My favorite. I'm sorry, I'm like losing my voice. <coughs> they couldn't have Jarvis be Jason. That was not the route to go. No, it would not have been. It would have been weird because it would have been like Tommy. Like Tommy. <laughs> like, oh, 
this is going backwards, sorry. That was the thing from Halloween Resurrection. One of the proposed scripts was that, yes, sorry, this is backwards, but it's interesting. It's fine. So one of the proposed scripts was they were going to be, have a trial. And Michael was going to be on trial for all the heinous things that he did. And they were going to call back all of the survivors throughout the whole franchise to testify. Michael escapes. They didn't quite know how, but somehow the courthouse was going to be in lockdown and he couldn't escape. And Michael was able to pick off all the survivors one by one. But then the big twist was going to be that it wasn't Michael. It was Laurie Strode dressed as Michael. And that's when that's a really cop... Dumb. That's when a cop was like, nah. <laughs> that, that sounds really dumb. The idea of being stuck in like a courthouse with Michael picking off all of his no, surviving that's victims, that's cool. But having it like Laurie Strode going crazy because she accidentally you know, beheaded a paramedic and then... Yeah, you know, Don's the Michael pass. I'll pass yeah, yeah, on that yeah. script, but pass. Anyway, that's what I was forgetting from that chapter. Good work. That's sort of like the uh, not a hundred percent, but that one. I know the one famous Freddy versus Jason script was like the trial of Jason Voorhees. Yeah, and which they made into a comic, right? Something like that. They yeah. did something with it, but then yeah, Freddy starts jumping in his dreams while he's in jail. And then there's like a cult of Freddy and all sorts of wild yeah. stuff happens. Moving along. <laughs> all right. So I'm number two here. Number two huh? is a big pick for you because... What, well, what number in the franchise is, is final chapter? Five. No, it's four. Four? Yeah, five is Roy. Six is Yeah, Roy's. yeah, yeah, Roy. And is it the one with... um, What's his name? The child actor? Yeah. When he, uh, when he shaped... When, yeah, when he shaves his head, it's that one, right? Yeah, Corey yeah. Feldman. Yeah. But yeah, then, like, it's one. like it's like similar to the Halloween Four ending, like like we were saying, like it, he's going to become Jason potentially, right? Yeah, he gives that big stare to the camera, the big wide eyed, like, oh no, he's he's crazy now. I mean, he did go to town. Yeah, he with was that hacking machete, him. <laughs> hacking him. Um. All right. It's just, all right. Well, I mean. Yeah, one. I mean, I know what your number one is. There's, there's no way. It's a big one. There's no way. Man, I'm pretty sure I know what this is. But I could be wrong. You know what his number one is? Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. even a surprise. So I got to put this at two. Anybody who's, like I said, listening and Googled knows what my number one is. But I know what your number two is. So suck on that, buddy. All right, coming in at number two, Vinny's pick, A Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984. Mm -hmm. So this is the number one of 1984. Nah. No buts about it. Um, This is the staple of the year. It is the monument of the year. It was a complete trendsetter, completely... Different than anything else that was happening in the 80s or especially 1984. It turned the slasher slasher genre completely upside down on its head. Yeah, it did. Made the damn killer a celebrity, essentially. It made the killer a celebrity. It turned into the killer being a wise cracking. Like, like you never saw, you know, so you have your, your, your horror icons and your slasher icons. You never saw any of them showing up on the, 
talk shows and and the news and all that, like doing their their uh, their characters. What Wes Craven did with this movie was completely different than anything has ever than anything anyone has ever seen before, and it was just so well done, so very very scary. Like this movie terrified me as a kid, but then as I got older, you see the comedy already starting to surface in this one that doesn't really get unleashed to the third one, but he. He's very menacing and, and scary, but has like that these comedic one liners a little bit one liners a little bit in this one. Um, just for the sake of how revolutionary it was for the decade and for horror as a whole, needs to be on the list. Should be number one if it weren't. For no, the it would de- there's no way it wouldn't have made the list. No, I know, but should be number one if it weren't for the birthday boy being who he is. Um, it is monumental. I would say there's a strong argument this would be number one for the 80s as a whole. All right. Notoriously, the first horror movie I ever saw at like two or three years old as my uncle was um, irresponsibly babysitting me. I apparently found Freddy Krueger to be the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Look how you grew up. Yep, and look at what happened to me. Um, number one, in, as as far as the whole 80s, that's tough, but it's up there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I said, you know, arguably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the fact, not, be, not this one particular, but what the franchise would become um, is insane. Like that, like you said, like dudes dropping one-liners, people are going to the movie to watch the killer do his thing as opposed to get, you know, it, it changed the whole game with that. This is the most menacing Freddy Krueger we get until I guess new nightmare really, but yeah, he was pretty menacing too. He's funny. Men- too, though. And the reason I love two so much, I'm not going to go down this road again, but it's very quickly two was the, the best balance of menacing and funny Freddy, in my opinion. Okay. Um, this one, as we found out in the trivia, if you didn't already know, Johnny Depp, uh, very young Johnny Depp, who was just trying to make it in the music business apparently at that point and was doing acting as like a side gig. Hmm. Now he's kind of reverse. He does music as a side gig and I don't like it. If you've ever heard it, I don't care too. He's, um, he's a fine guitar player, but like his music, no, never mind. uh, he does uh, you ever hear the Hollywood vampires where it's like him, Alice Cooper, uh, Joe Perry. Nikki uh, Six? No, nah, I don't think. Is, is Six in that? He would be. I feel like he would latch on to I that. I thought he was, but I could be wrong. He might be. But the Hollywood Vampires originally was just a drinking club that Alice Cooper was like a, a part of. And it was like him and Jim Morrison. And they would all go out for drinks in Hollywood and stuff. And then it morphed into a band. Anyway, off off topic. Sorry. Um, this... This uh, this movie, yeah, it, like, uh, puts Wes Craven on the map. He already had two uh, pretty sick movies under his belt: The Hills Have Eyes and Last House on the Left. And then this makes him that kind of mainstream horror director. The special uh, effects. Yep, the um, effects are nuts for the time, especially the whole uh, bathtub. Excuse me, the bathtub stuff, and then like 
go into the, I think they're in like a pool and they like blacked out the tie. That's how they filmed it. The, uh, the, the, the roof murder mm-hmm. or the ceiling murder rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the whole, if you ever watch any specials about the docs about that, like the, they built a rotating room yeah. to do all this stuff. It's not, around. it's not, it's, it's a great movie. It's one of my favorites of all time. Uh, there's not enough good things to be said about it. It's, what was that? Yeah, it'd be that high pitch thing. No. It, he also uh, he he also pulls the uh, the psycho trick in this one that he does again later in Scream, where he's you know you're following this actress in the beginning, and you think oh this is the main character, and then mm-hmm. she dies. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. She was a uh, she was like the the '80s cutie. Yeah, I love her, I love her. Well, not just her. I love the movie itself, but uh, Better Off Dead. She's in that. Uh, such a fun movie. But yeah, that's definitely like a shock, I guess, if you're like, oh, I've seen this girl before, and then I'm, right. she's gonna be well, the one. He's a big, he's big into the nods, uh, to, to, to previous things, mm-hmm. and even and, and to himself. And and when you look at things like in Scream, he's got he he wears the Freddy sweater as, yeah, as, janitor. as the janitor, yeah. yeah. And oh, there's a few other things. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. The, the freaking New Line Cinema is called the house that Freddy built. Because they were yeah. just like some fledgling company that took a chance on this movie and it made them the powerhouse that they would become. Like it just yeah. it was like the first stone in that that um that mega God, I don't even know. Who owns them now? They're uh, owned by Yeah, they're owned by some huge company. They have no like idea. Universal or something. Viacom? They, they would later bring us the Ninja Turtles movies are just yeah, fucking amazing. Yeah, that's what I know that that um that logo and intro from. Yeah, it's the first time I ever saw it. There was a certain point where the upright ladder and the diagonal ladder were just there. And then at some point in their time, they brought the diagonal ladder like flying in. You know what I'm talking about? The the yep. the, the, the the screen? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, but the, the older, the old like new line, my favorite new line screen is the flashing red one. Oh, that's yeah, yeah that's the original one. Yeah. But it's so ugly, <laughs> it's so just like oh god. But you knew they were there. But it's a good pick. There's a movie on here, or not on here, not on here that I'm yeah, honestly too. shocked that you didn't pick. But we'll well, get I there. Know about we'll get there. there. Peter Numero Uno. Por favor. All right. Coming in at number one, Jeff's pick and his redemption for the 80s action list. Ah, yes, it is. Toxic Avenger. Mm, and I got to make it number one, which makes it all that. I was all, I was number 10 there, and you shit on it. Or it was nine or 10, but either way. Toxic Avenger. Toxie? Toxie. A cultural icon, much like Freddy Krueger. Nah. Bringing one company much fame. Yes. Troma Films. Um, look, if you haven't seen The Toxic Avenger, you might as well go get it out of the way because the remake's coming. Big budget style. Kevin Bacon, Peter Dinklage. It's going to be a banger, I assure you. It's probably going to be Isn't super. John Cena playing Toxie? No. <laughs> That'd be hilarious, though. <laughs> They, uh, if they got John Cena to be toxic, I, I have a whole new level of like respect for him. Um, it's just this low budget horror 
hero. It's it's so crazy. It, it's before its time where the, the horror, the murders and mutilation are being caused by the hero of the movie. It is a, a de- deformed monster from New Jersey. He has superhuman size and strength. He fell into a vat of chemicals. And now he is the Toxic Avenger. It's just great. It's low budget. The fact that you can look at a movie like this and say, like, oh, it's it's low budget and it's trash. And you can say all that about it. But then you go back and you uh, read about it or you watch something about it. And the effects were so good that, like, they had to keep cutting stuff because they wanted to give it, like, an X rating. So tell me, explain to me that. It's low budget and crap, but this looks too real. Yeah, yeah, that's valid. Or, you know, this is too gross. Like, get out of here. <coughs> Excuse me. It is essentially an R-rated Marvel comic book. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? And it would become a Marvel comic book if you don't have them. I have all of them. You can look at them. I'll let you touch them if you want. <laughs> um, but it's super fun. It's just so fun. And, like, people like yourself who won't even give it a chance because it just no, I've trauma. Seen this. You've seen Toxic Avenger. Yeah, I haven't seen the sequels. Well, you should. Um, I mean, I find this to be okay. I don't like trauma. I don't. That's what I'm saying. You don't even care how good this movie is. You're just like, eh, I don't like trauma. He made, Lloyd Kaufman uh, made this movie because he was reading an article in a newspaper that said, like, the horror movie is dead. Which is really crazy, especially for '84. <laughs> Look at what came came out. Yeah, that makes no sense. But that's what it was. It was. The... I feel like that, like that's the kind of thing that's made up. What do you mean horror movies dead? This was its its pinnacle in history. Like, well, maybe they meant, you know, because the slasher had taken over and. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people I... look at that in the them back in them days. They're like, oh, this is smut. This is. I mean, disgusting. especially uh, for this year and this era, it just seems like they were going out of their way to make it. It's so bad as good, kind of thing. Which no. that wasn't even a, that wasn't even a thing. That's what I'm saying. Then. Yeah, but it seemed like that. That's what they were going for. I mean, he was making sex comedies before this. Yeah. So you know, he. Came, I mean, he came out. Toxic Avenger blazing. for the whole trauma catalog. I can. You know, well, I tolerate think, and appreciate more than most. I think you would enjoy Terror Firmer. I think you would enjoy the sequels. They're not as good as this, but they're fun. And that's the key. They're fun. They're more um, over the top with like the killings. And the jokes are... Oh, there's a lot more, put it yeah. that way. Um yeah, and from a horror, from a horror comedy sense, it's, you know, I just hate that people give trauma such a hard time. Like, I feel like people don't give trauma a hard time, except for no, nah, I think a lot of people do for other reasons though too, like Lloyd Kaufman not paying people and stuff like that because whatever. But Toxic Avenger, I mean, look at it's a low budget crap movie that people still love to this day, and it built this this fan base of people who love this quote unquote so bad it's good type of movie and this isn't a bad movie like it's just low budget they didn't have a lot of money to make the movie 
the makeup looks good. The effects are good. You don't see the boom mic dropping in at the top of the screen. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a competently made film from a guy who could make movies. So, you know, be mad if you want. That's fine. Well, I'm not really mad. But it's Toxie. All day, er day. 1984 was his birth. Do you think that this was made to make people feel better about being from New Jersey? Since most of them are mutant. Oh, you said it, not me. You know my feelings about New Jersey. Doesn't even exist. <laughs> they just split it up. Half the New York, half the Pennsylvania. Call it a day. Um, it is funny that they always like that's part of like the tagline. Like, the first superhero from New Jersey. And then I don't know who's the next one. There isn't a next one. Probably some like low key uh, DC comics guy. Like the uh, the Marble Man or something. DC always had like these whack uh, superheroes with like lame powers. Huh. All right. Overall, I think that's a good list. I think so too. Pete, can you give us the uh, the rundown of what was uh, picked for the top seven? I can. So, starting from seven and going up, we got the Initiation, Children of the Corn, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Terminator, Friday the 13th, Final Chapter, Nightmare on Elm Street, and The Toxic Avenger. Yes, I got it in there. I think that represents 1984. It does, well. honestly, yeah. There's only one glaring missing one to me, and that's Gremlins. Yeah, and that's the one I'm shocked you didn't pick. I'm actually shocked mm. you picked Children of the Court over that. Well, this Gremlins, to me, like, I, I get why it's... Cons- so it's kind of like the opposite of the Terminator. You know, I can see... Why the Terminator could be considered horror. I consider Gremlins more of a Christmas family comedy more than I do a horror. Okay. I mean, I, I get the horrific and scary parts of it, but much more of a Christmas family funny movie to me than a horror movie. All right. Uh, I love that movie. It is a must watch, must watch every Christmas. But I don't know if I would consider it. All right. If you, if you go through your subgenres, I would say it's C. Such a purist, all of a sudden. That would be a D. Such a purist. Um, as horror. My number seven, which I wanted to talk about a little, because I love this movie. And you should love it, too, as a Home Alone uh, fanboy. Chud. I do love yes. it. I yes. Love yes. I love Chud. Uh, I Daniel like... Stern freaking wrote most of it. Mm-hmm. And he's in it. Um, the dad from Home Alone, John... Um, I'm not going to remember his name. I'm going to pull you. But he's like the main character and stuff. It's just delightfully um, stupid. <laughs> if, I could, if I could say it it's that way. De- delightfully fun. Oh, it's, it's fun. I'll tell you, the producer fun. vetoed watching this one. Whoa. I would see if you said no to Chud too, but not Chud. Mm-hmm. Hey, you got to watch it. Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers? Which, the twist at the end, which I won't spoil for anyone who hasn't seen Chud, that's not what it really means. <laughs> um, but it's it's just, yeah, it's a fun movie. It's a good, it's a good like, um, hanging out during Halloween time movie for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the other one that uh, it teetered, but I couldn't pull the trigger on it, was Night of the Comet. Ah, uh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I just don't think yeah, there's it, enough, it, enough it horror in it. Yeah, it has zombies, and that's the horror part, but it's more... Like a teen movie yeah. comedy 
uh, teens running wild in an in a abandoned post-apocalyptic mall. But fun nonetheless. Like fun. I, I definitely recommend watching it. It, yeah. was just, it was just just edged out on the list for me. And then one, two more that kind of, one falls in that same thing, Ghostbusters. Comedy. Yeah. But here's one I was very, I put it in the list. I put Ghostbusters in the list too because I knew I was not getting that in there. But it doesn't matter. Um, Repo Man. Hmm. Right? Like, it's not a horror movie. It's definitely a sci-fi movie, and it's freaking awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. Right on the fringe there, though. Yeah. So same. one that is, I, I guess, definitively horror that I watched for this, and I've been excited to watch it because I hit Shutter quite recently. And you know I love my animal attack movies. Ooh. Razorback. Oh yes, I saw. That's Austra- all I did from Australia. I didn't even notice it was on Shutter. Yes, but not good. No. Mm. Not good at all. That's a shame. The the uh, practical creature effects to make like the killer Razorback and his attacks and everything, super awesome. Everything in between, just bad uh, and boring it's, it's and didn't make sense. There's a lot of, or, not, or I should say a lot, but there's a, a lengthy dream sequence that didn't need to be there and was Pretty awful. Um, really tough to watch the whole movie, other than the Razorback. Like attack scenes are super awesome. Hmm. Kind of like Hogs. Kind of like Hogzilla. Oh, Hogzilla is yeah. unwatchable. Yeah, it, it's rough. similar though. Yeah, but this was much better creature and attack yeah. stuff. Did you ever see the Legend of Boggy Creek? Uh-huh. Uh, the, well, the sequel came out in '84, which I imagine is not good because Boggy Creek's not good. But it's so um, it's so bad. It's good. The first Boggy Creek. Um, there's one. It's, it's it's like mockumentary almost, right? Uh, sort of. It's almost like half and half. Like he narrates. I mean, it's just like just like a Bigfoot monster kind of. It is. It's a. It's the skunk ape, where the yeah the Sam Squanch. It, it, it was on the first on the first Joe Bob. Yes, yes, yes. It was. Marathon. Right? That's probably where I saw it, and I don't even remember. But yeah. I love like so, and Chud was too. I think. Oh, I love Chud. I love Chud. Yeah. I wanted to say about Chud, we, you mentioned Daniel Stern, that he might be the filthiest on-screen character I've ever seen in that movie. <laughs> he is just covered in dirt. And he's, and, and, and he's in there, like his fingernails are dirty, yeah. and he's like eating, eating it, and he's like serving in the soup I was going to say, he's like the cook at the soup kitchen, yeah. too, and he's just like covered in like, a layer of dirt the whole movie. Yeah, he lives in the sewer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Daniel Stern. Now he's narrating that Geo stuff and Hell yeah. making a great living uh, doing that. Probably gonna chase Macaulay Culkin again soon. Yeah, I heard a rumor that some people were signing a petition for them to remake, remake it exactly as it was with him, and not saying I don't know. That would be really funny. Wait, like, do what? Like, not acknowledge the fact that Macaulay Culkin is, is like a grown ass man. Is a grown ass ah. man. <laughs> <laughs> That's that, kind of funny. That would be hilarious. I think it was a fun list. Um, 84, that's, I mean, if we went movies in general, holy hell, this this list would probably be oh, God. full yeah, of that, We would classics. have to do top 12. Yeah. Another one um, for horror real quick, because, like, yeah, I just like to check what the internet has for their list, and there's a list for everything, oh, God, apparently. Yeah. And one that seemed to make every list, except for ours, 
was Werewolves Within. Yeah, it's like an Irish movie. I, I'd never seen it. It's I've seen it because I did it for the research. So, for so did I. I didn't see it, but, but like, it, I, I don't. I, I, I looked into for it. Werewolf. I don't see it as Werewolf because it was about wolves, not werewolves. Oh, mm-hmm. It was more like uh, shape shifting. So like you know you have that. Uh, that werewolf image where, uh, I forget the word, where they're, they're standing upright like a human would. Right. But in this one, they turn into wolves. like, uh, like full-blown wolves. wolves like full-blown right. wolves. And the movie, uh, even for this list, like the movie itself, like it was it was good. It was like dark and gothic and very ir- like Irish gothic. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I was surprised to see it like on every, like, uh, other people's top lists. For was the uh, word you're thinking of lycanthrope? Yes. Yeah. Hey, you. I know. I know my words. Can't read, but I know my words. Anything you want to say on here, Pete, that we missed? Uh, no, I, I was I was glad you guys brought up Chud. Yeah, me too. I love um, you know, it's not a great movie, but it's a fun movie. Yeah, it is. It's just it's like a weirdly comforting to watch. Like just yeah, be cozy and watch Chud. Yeah, and if and if anyone who's listening hasn't seen Chud. And wants like a helpful in, just watch the Joe Bob version, and yeah. you know, then you got then you got fun commentary. Exactly. Don't watch Chud too. Yeah, bud the <laughs> Chud. There was no reason for that movie to be made. All right, let me just close this out. We do have a closing beer for tonight. Call it a uh, a dessert or a uh, a cake for Jeffrey for his Aww. birthday. Although producer did make some delicious, and we were eating them while we uh, yeah. recorded tonight. Hopefully, didn't hear us munching, but. So she made these delicious blondies. Yeah, I mentioned with, them earlier. Oh, you did? Yeah. Solid chips and the toffee. Nice item. But this will be our uh, our birthday cake to close out of sorts. This is a beer from Prairie Artists and Ales. It is called Corner Piece. It is an imperial stout with birthday cake. Ooh. And it has a nice picture of a pitcher of milk, all your baking ingredients, a nice corner slab cut of birthday cake. Um, I have very high hopes for this. This is your first Prairie? Yeah. So Prairie, I can say, is hands down, I think producer will agree, the master of dessert slash pastry stouts, whatever, you know, you want to call it, sweet stouts. They are the master. They're, uh, they're birthday bomb, so they have a bomb series, and I, there's a ton of, you know, sweet type ingredients in this. And this beer, and then the birthday bomb, they add caramel swirl on top of it. I had it on draft years ago, and I told producer, I was like, this is the best salad I've ever had in my life. Wow. And I've been hooked on Prairie ever since. So hopefully this lives up lives up to the expectation. Let me get your snifter here. Oh, fancy glass. Burke out the nice glass for you. Snifter. Where do they get these fun little names for these glasses? Well, it's like a brandy snifter, but for beer. I like uh, the... You got something producer, with a tea? You got to bring your beer over here. It's not like I'm going to... Tulip class? I don't need a wine. Well, then you're not going to get any beer. Missing out. Jeez. Lazy bum. All right. Oh, cheers oh, to your birthday. Almost, uh, cheers to my birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate Cheers. Appreciate you letting me have my Toxic Avengers number one. That's the, probably the best oh, birthday geez. gift you could give. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm choosing you with a Narragansett. Ain't nothing wrong with that. That's Mm -hmm. delicious. Yeah, that's quite good. They just they hit it every goddamn time. 
I thought it was gonna be super boozy. Not even close. No, it probably is super boozy. Well, so it's eleven percent, but yeah, 11%, but I mean, like, the, they doesn't it, taste it. That they way. make it so sneaky. Those fuckers. I don't know how they <laughs> dirty do. bastards. Prairie artisan ales, like, go out and find them, people. Especially if you like stouts, they dabble in. I've never seen them go into the sour game. They dabble with some IPAs, but just their stouts are so good. Bomb, birthday bomb, Christmas bomb, all phenomenal. Nice. All right, man. That was fun. Fun episode. Fun beers. Good beers on this episode. Man, this might be the most solid. Beer zombies, Mason Ale Works, and Prairie all in one. And Pete's got the Gansett going over there. (laughs) Solid, solid. All right, man. Pete, thank you for doing the uh, producing duties tonight. I appreciate it a ton, especially because I got to you late. And the fact that you were available was awesome. Oh, yeah. Vinny, thank you for letting me have my Toxic Avenger. Yeah, well, I lost trivia. <laughs> yeah, maybe one day you'll actually have an answer. No, I always have the answer. I just can't spit it out. Make words. Enough. Are we going to have to get buzzers, maybe? No, I still wouldn't help me. Well, you could slap the buzzer and at least get an extra five seconds to, to spit it yeah. out. Yeah, but then every question, I'll just slap the buzzer. All right. <laughs> and studio audience, we're glad y'all could be here. Thanks for having Producer, me. Producer, Harley, thank you. Woof. How we looked. Oh, she licked her lips. All right, all right, well, that uh, almost finishes off Halloween season, man. What a bummer. Yeah, only a couple left. Yeah, but we got one more coming at At least one more. One more watch. Wink, wink. Maybe another list. We're going to try to squeeze we'll it into see. haunted houses, I think. We'll see what happens. Halloween's going to be a busy day. Oh, yeah. All right, well, until then, um, I'm Jeff and he's Vinny. Love, peace, and chicken grease. We are out of here. Welcome to the abandoned land Come on in, child, take my hand Here there's no work or play Only one bill to pay There's just five words to say You're gonna burn in hell.